I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On today's episode of the Canon Podcast, join us as we break down what makes Jakub Kivior special, discuss the latest news about Thomas Partey, analyze Arsenal's newest wonder kid, and discuss who should be starting against West Ham. Yes, guys, welcome back to the Canon Podcast and all three of us are here today to break down a very, very nice win against Sheffield United. Talk about Jakob Kivior and Emil Smith-Rowe alongside so many more topics as always. George, Alex, how are you guys doing? Mate, 10k subs on YouTube. Let's go. <laughs> Beautiful drinking scenes. The, it stings you love to see, baby. Salty Spud's Tears. <laughs> salty Spud's Tears. I don't think that's what you ran out to be fair, but um, yeah, no, zero. we need one more zero after that. So soon come, soon come. But I appreciate the support as always. You guys are a tremendous community. But let's start off with a tremendous performance. Arsenal smashing uh, Sheffield United. I said Nottingham Forest. Sheffield United, five goals to nil. George, talk to me about your boy Emil Smith-Rowe playing as left number eight. Um, look, I, I think he had a good game. I don't know if I would say it was incredible in terms of in-possession value. I think, you know, both of our eights in that performance didn't maybe do the best between the line performance. They didn't provide maybe some shocking passing plays. But one thing that I loved about that performance from Emil Smith-Rowe is the movement. I'm sure we'll get into Eddie and Kedia and what made that performance pretty good, boring the hat trick. But in terms of Emil Smith-Rowe's role and making sure that Eddie shined, it was really quite key. So every time that Emil would make a run forward, that's when Eddie would drop. And it meant that kind of that disorganization of that block that Sheffield were doing um, created openings for us. And that is really the key that even not just his in-possession quality in terms of having the bingo central running power that he offers. If there's a game that he isn't offering that, that dynamic runs is something that I feel that we've been missing from our eights. I feel that they've been static in a sense of really staying high up in those specific half spaces and then not moving. And I just feel as though that we saw a little bit more willingness, a very unselfish running from Emil Smith-Rowe pretty much all game. But in terms of his in-possession stuff, I have to be fair. I think all in all, it's probably a 6 out of 10 performance. But the movement, I think, opened up a lot more. Um, 
avenues for us to attack. Um, and I don't think he was alone in that. I, I do think that we see a lot more movement from Eddie um, really helping. who had a brilliant game himself. And then I think even Bukayo Saka switching over, he got really annoyed with Kai Havertz and he went to the left-hand side. And these two boys will look for each other to combine. If you don't put them on the same side, they will gravitate towards each other. So just start there. They're brothers. Let them, let them, let them have fun. Uh, because Here I think... Go. Well, exactly. And, you know, I, I think also there was about 20, 25 minutes in that Sheffield um, kind of first half performance that I felt like there we were kind of void of ideas. We were just patiently trying to break down this block. And it wasn't until that switch from Saka going really to the left hand side that we started to see a little bit more movement. So all in all, probably a six out of 10 from Emil Smith Rowe. I expect more, a lot more. Um, but uh, he shows you what he can offer. He definitely offers something different that I don't think some of our eights do. And really, when you have a question mark between, you know, uh, Martin Odegaard, as well as, you know, Kai Havertz in the eight position, we start to ask ourselves, what are some of the other things that these eights that we do have um, can do to impact the game? So, yeah, I, th- I think Emil Smith wrote a good game. Yeah, then the question becomes, Alex, then how can ESR now break into the first team? And if he is going to break into the first team, where is his best position? Now, we saw it in the left number eight. Didn't quite work out to the highest standard. He has played on the left before as more of a left forward in, in a midfield three. Now let's talk about him on the right-hand side. Do you think maybe that's the area, as, as George says, next to Bakayo and Saka, where we can see the best of Emil Smith-Rowe's strengths? Yeah, I think we've spoken about before possibly on that side in terms of the dynamic overlaps. I think we've lost something slightly. I think I think White's still overlapping. But I think we've lost something slightly with Odegaard, maybe having different responsibilities deeper and in other areas um, in terms of this season. So maybe we've lost that sort of tri- triumvirate on that side. So maybe Smith-Rowe can sort of supplement that in certain games. I think, I think what Smith-Rowe can do and what I really loved against Sheffield was the return... I think sometimes people watch games against a game, a game like Sheffield and just go, well, what can you learn from that? And I actually sometimes think, actually, maybe you can say when you're playing a team of that quality, and let's be clear, they were ass. <laughs> they were not good. Um, actually, in some ways, you can almost see the ideas unimpeded, which I, which I really like. You can almost see a coach's ideas and, and what they're really trying to do because it's less impeded by the, the opposition. And what I saw and what I loved was a return to a number of switches, breaking the line centrally. Um, we were trying shots from outside the box. We were um, shooting from inside, outside the box. We were getting into the half space as well. There was there was lots of movement and a bit more fluidity like we had last season in terms of the, the changing positions that George has alluded to. So lots of stuff returned, which is really nice. And I think with Smith Rowe, weirdly, I want to mention Timber in this because I think I don't want to over-index, I think I said this on uh, on, on X, um, I don't want to over-index Arteta's intelligence, but I do wonder whether the timber signing was slightly in anticipation of this idea that we're going to be sat against a lot of low bo- blocks this season and you can go through round or over. And one of the ways you can go through is obviously through passing, but we're struggling with that, but you can try and carry through blocks. And I think timber, especially on the underlap, would have been a massive help with that. And I think Smith-Rowe, is a hundred percent an option with that. I think he's one of the best carriers in the. I think Jamie Carragher even said a couple of years ago he's one of the best ball carriers in the league. Now you need the space to do that, but in certain games when you're trying to break down a block, if rather than having pass first players or p- players who are more likely to 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 do that, like a Martin Odegaard, why not try a Smith Rowe? Um, I think also now you know we're hearing rumours that he's sort of got his burst back, um, and I think from a cardiovascular perspective, I do think he looks a bit more fit than he was. Um, but yeah, he's, they're, 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 there's so much. Look, I, do I think Smith Rowe has a long, long-term future at Arsenal? Honestly, no. But 
I think, you know, in, in the short term as, as another option, then absolutely. Mm. There was another standout performer, uh, another starter for the first time or second time of the season in the Premier League, Jakob Kivio George. A very nice performance at the back, holding Sheffield United or helping also the whole Sheffield United to a 0.02 XG. Of course, they're not the best going forwards, but a strong performance on the ball. Talk to me about what makes Kivio special. I mean, uh, you can kind of look at David Raya's performance, actually, and it tells you really the whole story. And, you know, I, I, the amount of times that I saw David Raya join to become a left centre back in build-up was really rare in this game. And that is the Jakob Kivior effect. And just fundamentally, he's probably got one of the more fluid receiving, um, you know, in, in kind Talk of our about his hips. Well, just say hips. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you got you got to look at those hips. They don't lie, you know. So it, it, it's just uh, I, I feel as though he gives us a level of technical assuredness in that position that maybe Gabrielle doesn't. Um, that's not to say that I would prefer Kiwior to start generally. I mean, Gabrielle has such a dominance in his dual um, expectancy, but you know, I I think that that technical ability is something that means that he deserves a little bit more minutes. He's definitely one of my most underrated players in the squad. And I just wanted to point everybody's kind of attention to how um, he messages his passes. So look in terms of how punchy and what his passes say, sending a message. You know, uh, Arsene Wenger could have talked about this really famously in terms of technical empathy and what does that mean? So it's not just that you have to be somebody that's really got great passing ranges or got brilliant kind of um, ability on the ball from manipulation or whatnot. But if you're going to play a pass, where are you playing it to? Are you playing it to their strong foot? Are you playing it into space? Are you playing it to um, uh, slow so that they can recycle or let them know they've got time on the ball? Are you playing it on their back foot? Like all of these questions are things we as fans probably take for granted. And the reason I'm bringing it up is I think Kiwi or places this of the utmost importance and when you saw his performance on the weekend i think that he was unremarkable defensively which just is brilliant because you know you don't want to see a drop in your defensive kind of dominance but his technical ability really struck me he was kind of the only player in that back line to really push the tempo and i think that's been a problem of arsenal of late by the way just tempo of our play and i i think saliba um, is brilliant. We know his technical ability, but in that game, he had the most touches and it was kind of um, slow. It was just him baiting opposition. And of course, that's a role that you need in the defense, but Kiwior's ability to really um, release the ball quick, I don't think he held onto the ball for longer than three or four seconds, which really kind of helps uh, push the, the attacking tempo higher up the pitch and get us into 1v1s a little bit better. So I, I love Jakub Kiwior. I think we've barely seen um you know the tip of the iceberg with him in terms of potential and in terms of his responsibility and and one thing i'm really really excited about of hopefully seeing a bit more is those long passing um uh, kind of uh, stuff that we've seen kind of in uh, in internationals whether that's from a whipped cross that we saw uh you know with poland or whether that's through significant switches from the left center back out to the right wing i don't think that our team does enough of these long switches quickly because if you're going to be facing a low block, right. And you're going to be facing teams that are willing to sit in and kind of protect um, central spaces. You need to make sure that you're moving the ball at a quick enough pace, but also that you're moving opposition quickly. So if you focus kind of, um, you know, play into one side, like the left-hand side, let's say, for example, the space is going to be outright. How quick you can move from left to right is very, very key in terms of making sure that you're getting your players and kind of 1v1 opportunities more frequently. And he's got that power. He's got that raking long switch on him. That's brilliant. 
And I just think with more authority and the more comfortability he finds himself in the team, he'll start making those passes. But that's a weapon. That's a weapon that I don't think we use well enough, certainly not from Gabrielle. And even from, I would say, Zinchenko's side, like that entire side lacks the competency to really switch left to right. At least on the right, I see Ben White, who's got that ability. Saliba definitely has it, although we don't see it as often as we should. But the right has that. The left, not so much. It's very much a carry-first dominant side, or it's a pass-first between the lines. I don't see that switch on us, and it makes us predictable. So I really can't wait to see more minutes from QBR because I loved it. I loved the performance. I think it deserved more, and it wasn't just because Sheffield are a poor performance. I think he's been bubbling for a while. Mm-hmm. Alex, you spoke about in the past of his potential as a left-back. So the question then becomes, having seen how he performs as a centre-back in this game and how he's played as a left-back in some games as well this season, where do you think in our Teta system is his long-term position? Oh, Babs, Babs, Babs. It's about zones. In zones in positions. Um, but I joke about that, but I think we have to start thinking about players less in positional senses and more about what zones they occupy um, and what they what they do. Um, and I think with Kivior, the way he can support an attack on the overlap from centre-back is very... I don't know whether unique because we've seen it in the Premier League from players like Ake and Akanji and stuff, but it's very it's very useful for Arsenal. It's different from from Gabriel. What I'd say is Gabriel is one of the best players in terms of the in the wide channels going backwards, defending that space in behind Zinchenko. We're so lucky to have him. Without Gabriel, that Zinchenko inversion doesn't work. Like it, it doesn't because Gabriel's so good at that, and he's one of the best in the, in the world, in my opinion, in those positions. But stepping forward and supporting attack, Gabriel's less comfortable. And that's fine. You don't want to have loads of exactly the same profiles in a team. You need different options and different ways of playing. I think what Kivior can do is he can occupy uh, and sort of almost pen teams in from centre back because he can sort of fl- flip around the side, uh, head into more sort of the the wide areas uh, f- from centre back. I don't know whether. I love him as a left back sort of for 35, 40 games a season yet, just because of his lack of overlapping. But do I believe he could do a lot of what uh, maybe we're seeing Tommy Asu doing in the severe game and, and, and the long game? Absolutely. I think I think Kivio could do that. Um, and, and possibly even more, more interestingly, could he come even more central as more of a six option? I think he absolutely could. So it's, it's just about what you believe the player can do, where you think he's more comfortable. And actually, if you watch him against against Sheffield, a lot of the time he'd step up early and then be the one in the second line and and Rice and, and uh, Zinchenko would sit behind and pass the ball into him and he'd turn. There was a few times against Sheffield that that happened. So he's clearly comfortable doing that. Gabriel isn't. But Gabriel, obviously, as, as George mentioned, has unbelievable dual-winning capacity. So to answer the question, there isn't really an answer. It's just it's just a skill set. It's just And it's like, okay... In this game, we're trying to pen a team in a bit more. We believe that they're really dangerous on the counter-attack. How do we support our our players in, in the front lines if they lose the ball? How do we support them? And that's by having a centre-back in this situation who we think actually their right wing is not that great. So we're can you know, so we not too worried about you know him being done in the, in the wide areas. Uh, we don't need the best in the world there today. We can have Kivior who can support it in a different way, maybe come more central, create overloads. It's just, it's just different. I, I mean... If I had to pick, I would say probably in the end, he's going to be a left centre-back on paper. But I really don't see why he can't play significant, significant minutes at left-back. And actually, I think before this season, I was looking at him as my kind of my first pick. I think he even made a video about it on my channel uh, sort of over the summer. But actually, maybe there's a player we can come, come on to. Tommy Asu's improvement as a left-back um, has massively taken me by surprise. I did not see it coming, especially with his forward potential, those runs he's making. Uh, George and I spoke about this yesterday. Like he, 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 his ability to receive and cushion a ball, 
his unique physical profile so much makes him so so good in that area. So look, we're whatever, whatever whichever way you slice it, whatever you believe, we're really blessed in that position at the minute, really blessed overall in the defense. And this is without Timber as well, which is exciting. We are blessed in many positions, likewise in central midfield. That number six is a bit of news on Thomas Partey. Out and unavailable again with a muscular injury for a few weeks, Mikel Arteta says. I think Alex pointed out on, on his Twitter, on, or on the X, as you say. Uh, 50 games he's missed now via transfer marked. So what do we do now with Thomas he's, Partey? He's only played like 100. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's 100 played 100 games played, 50. 15 missed. That's, that's, you know, 50% of the games he's missed. And now you think about it now, what do we do going into the future? Now, I don't think Arsenal are going to move him on in January. But is it time to just move past Thomas Partey, George? And if so, the question then becomes, who do Arsenal sign to replace him? Thanks for checking out the Canon Podcast. To hear the full episode, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.